Hallelujah. You know, I was preparing for the message today, and I just got to be honest with you. I felt like I should not be giving this message. Because it's Thanksgiving weekend, you know, I began to go through my notes of past sermons, and, and, uh, and I began to study, and the Lord put something on my heart. And I, I really realized I don't practice this like I should. And so I went through this, I don't know, this extreme gamut of um, conviction and, and guilt. Uh, and, and it's not that there was sin, it's just I'm lacking, a, I'm lacking a good discipline in my life. I'm lacking one of the fundamental disciplines in Christianity, and that is thankfulness. Everybody say thankfulness. You know, um, the pilgrims started a, a celebration during the harvest to thank the Lord uh, for, for what he has done for them, keeping them safe coming across and, and uh, pioneering here in the Americas. But it wasn't, it wasn't an official holiday until Abraham Lincoln in the 1860s made it so in the middle of the Civil War. So Abraham Lincoln declared that this would be Thanksgiving, the, the third, is it the third Thursday or fourth Thursday? Somebody help me. Huh? Okay, nobody knows. So anyway, <laughs> I said third on the recording for Facebook, and then I read in Wikipedia it was fourth, and I, I didn't know which was which, but he made it an official holiday in the middle, are you hearing me, of a war. In the middle of a war that was tearing this country apart. In the middle of war, a war where brothers uh, were killing brothers. In the middle of a war when uh, he wasn't sure whether the North was going to win. He, he declared uh, a holiday to thank God in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of death, in the midst uh, of all of the conspiracy and the thoughts that he would be, he would be overthrown or the government would be overthrown in the North. He... He said, okay, we're going to take a day and we're going to thank God for all of his goodness. And you know, if you could remember that and only that today, that will change your life. That the holiday that we're celebrating, Thanksgiving, was declared a national holiday in the middle of one of the worst things that had ever happened in the United States, and that's where brother took up arms against brother. So why is it that we're not thankful? I think it's because we don't understand the purpose of it. I think it's because we tend to think about what, we, uh, what had happened to the in our past or what we have lost in our past instead of what God is going to do in our future. Thanksgiving is to thank God or to have a heart of gratitude is fundamental for a Christian. And like I say, I felt convicted as I prepared this message. Uh, I, I'm more of a, I'm a guy who, who constantly is thinking about what we need to do, what's coming up in advance, what, 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 what's the next goal, what's the next task, let's get this done. And, and, and instead of taking a moment before and after these things and reflecting upon the goodness of God. 
Now, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, would you turn there if you have your Bible with you? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10, or you can look at it on the screen. The Word of God says, when you have eaten your fill, he's talking to the Israelites. They're coming, they're getting ready to go into the promised land, okay? So they're coming out of a, a they're coming out of a season of drought. They're coming out of a season of lack. They're coming out of a season of being in the desert. Just having enough to live, just having enough to survive. God was providing for them and God was protecting them. But listen to me. They didn't have overflow. They didn't have more than enough. For 40 years, the children of Israel were in a place where every morning uh, the, the water would come out of a rock and 3 million people would get their water from their daily amount of water from that rock. There wasn't a, re there wasn't a reserve because they were moving all of the time. Every single morning they had to go out and collect what God had placed on the ground. It was called manna, something that came down from heaven, a type of, a type of bread that they never had seen before. And if they tried to store more than one day's supply, the word of God says it would turn and it would get maggots in it and it would rot. So do you understand, for 40 years it was what we would call hand in mouth. As soon as it comes in the hand, it is consumed. It's gone. As soon as you get it in your possession, it's gone. Has everybody, anybody ever lived there? Has anybody, don't, don't raise your hand. Is anybody still there? That, that it seems like you never have enough. That, that, that honestly, there's, it seems like you have enough for, for three weeks out of the month, and that last week of the month, you're, you're, you're in need. Or, or, or that you're always on the edge, and if you had one emergency, if your car broke down and you had to pay for it, you wouldn't know what to do. If you weren't able to go to work for two weeks, you'd be, you'd be out. See, that's an example of the children of Israel going through the desert. They, they, they had everything that they had need of, listen to me, but they didn't have excess. They didn't have a reserve. And you'll find in your life, and you'll, find, and you'll see in my life, there are seasons of that. And before you come into the promised land, before you cross, cross over from the desert through the Jordan River into the promised land where there is more than enough, you will always experience just enough. Why? Because when you wake up in the morning, and you rub your eyes and you start to get out of that tent. You, you have this thought in the inside. I hope God put bread on the desert ground this morning. I believe God put bread before you see it. And then the quail would come daily. So every day it was, it was, it was, it was like going to the grocery store every single day not knowing if you were going to have the money in your pocket to buy your day's supply. So what did that do? It, 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 it trained the children of Israel. It trained, it trained uh, the people in the desert to look at God as their provision. No, not look at God, listen, not look at God for their provision. They had to look at God as their provision. There's a difference. 
that he is all that they have need of. And when they finally got that in their heart, when they finally got the stubbornness out of them where they wanted to reserve, where they finally, where they finally began to trust him instead of trusting today, their savings account, their mutual funds, when they are trusting in their 20-year tenure at their job, when they finally got to the place that, that that wasn't the priority in their life, that he was the priority in their life, God took them into the land of more than enough. And he says this to them, Deuteronomy chapter 8, when you have eaten your fill, when you come into this land, when you've eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Everybody say good. In, 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 uh, on Thanksgiving, Pastor Needs and I have done this since we've been together and we, all of our kids do it. And I was convicted this week that we only do it at Thanksgiving. And I said, from now on, we're doing it every time we sit down to eat. We've always been a family that prays. We don't eat before we pray. And that is a very good habit to get into. Because every time you eat, you have to realize it is God who gave me the ability to get wealth. It is God who gave me the, the ability to collect this. It is God who brought me this. So therefore, I'm not going to thank my boss. I'm not going to thank my paycheck. I'm not going to pat myself on the back because I work hard. I'm going to thank God for my provision, for taking care of me daily. And so we do that daily as a family. It is one of the best disciplines a family can have to sit down together and thank God before you put something in your mouth. Let praise come out of that orifice instead of food going in first. Can I get an amen in the house? When I was a kid, we would say, God is good, God is great, thank you for the food that's on our plate, amen, and then we'd just shovel it in. And we do have the tendency to do that still. We'll say, thank you, God, for this food, bless it to our bodies, thank you for the, for the hands and prepare it, in Jesus' name, amen. Bam, 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 bam. So what, after preparing this message, I said, from now on, we're not doing this at Thanksgiving alone, we're going to do it every, every time we sit down. Every person on Thanksgiving and now every day in our house is going to be, we do, and we have for years, we go one by one and we let everybody know one thing that we're thankful for. And you could really tell what's in your kids' hearts. You know, I thank, I thank God for my Switch. I thank God for my Nintendo Switch. I thank God for, for the trampoline. I thank God that, that we don't have to go to school today. I, th I thank God for my friends. You see, those kind of things. And I remember one Thanksgiving, and this is a family joke, we're all serious and we're all coming up with such good things. And, 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 you know, thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you, God, for the home that you provided. Thank you, God, for growing the church. And then our oldest son, Vinny, he says, thank you, God, for water, because water is life. And all of us at the table besides Vinny opened our eyes and we looked at each, each other and we just busted out laughing because it was one of the silliest things that we had ever heard because the Holy Spirit is life. Eternal, Jesus is life. Water is acceptable, but it's not life. It just helps you live. And we, crack, we still crack up to, about that today. Water is life. Our Thanksgiving tradition is to proclaim something that we're thankful for before we pray. Something happens when we take this seriously. It's like, you know, we could be all, all nervous, and, and I do get nervous because I, I help 
organize and prepare. We all cook together. And I don't know if, how many guys in here cook too for Thanksgiving? Okay, good. Look at that. Wow. You know how hard it is, ladies and guys, to, to time everything so the green beans are warm when the casserole's warm and the turkey is just set right and, and, and getting the, the cranberry stuff, getting everything timed. And then you always forget the stupid dinner rolls. And so when I get to the table, I'm usually a little bit, I'm, I hate to say it, I've got sweat coming off my forehead. And so I'll sit there with a glass of water and I'm doing this the whole time because I've been, I've been, I don't know, travailing over getting everything on time. But when we go around that table and we thank God for the things that are in our heart, the atmosphere changes. My, not just my attitude, not just my heart, not just the things I'm thinking about. Literally, the atmosphere in our dining room changes. We could even have, you know, strife going on between one, imagine that, one child against another, you know, arguing or whatever. We could have that going on and it could be kind of uncomfortable in the room. But, but when we go around the table and we thank God for what he's done in our lives, the atmosphere changes. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34, the word of God says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures for." Ever. Everybody say good. All right. Back in the day when Joe was a little kid, Joe, wave your hand. He wore shorts all the time. And, and his daddy came to him one day and he said, son, it's time for you to put on your big boy pants. What did that mean? He had to get rid of the shorts and he put, had to put on long pants. It's time to put on your big boy pants. It's time to put childish ways beside you. You know, now you're in fifth grade. You can't quit wearing shorts all the time. And and put on say put on your big boy pants. It's easy to thank God for the good when everything's going your way. Come on, when all the bills are paid. When your business is going as you expect. When you and your wife are getting along just perfectly and it's been a glowy day, if you know what I mean. Where, 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 where your mother-in-law hasn't called for three weeks. It's easy to thank God for the good. Everybody say good. But if you're going to put on your big boy pants, Christian, we need to begin to thank God for everything. even when it's going bad. It says in this, it says in James, uh, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven and he never changes like a shifting shadow. We, we need to thank God for whatever comes into our life, whether it's pleasing, whether it makes life easier or it makes life uncomfortable. Because sometimes God will allow some things to come into your life to perfect you, to cause you to mature, to equip you. And listen, he always does that because something good is coming that you won't be able to handle until you mature, until you step up, until you put on your big boy pants. 
And God doesn't want those good things that are coming to knock you out, to take you out of the picture. There's some good stuff coming up in the promised land. Now that you've learned to thank me when it's just enough to get by, don't forget, put on your big boy pants, thank me when you're satisfied and everything is going good. And thank me when everything is tough. Here, there's a Jesuit priest that said this. Can you put this up? It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. It's not our happenings. It's not our circumstances. It's not whether our bills are paid that makes us, makes us joyful or makes us joyful. It's not the circumstances and situations. It is actually the other way around. When you thank God... Joy comes into your life. We're going to practice this. You'll see it. When you thank God and things feel like they're falling apart, all hell is coming against you. When you begin to raise up in your attitude and, and there's a gratitude and thanksgiving comes in and you begin to speak it out of your mouth. Something happens to you and something happens to the atmosphere around you. We're to thank God for everything. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, the word of God says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Come on. Drunkenness is a sin. Now, whether you drink a glass of wine this Thanksgiving or not, that's not what we're talking about. Drunkenness is a sin. Don't get drunk, but, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks. Come on, say it with me. For everything. Say it. For everything. To God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to thank God for the months that are tough. I really don't want to thank God when, when she's mad at me and won't talk to me for three days. She doesn't really do that. I don't, maybe she does. I, I, don't want, I, I don't want to thank God when things aren't going the way I want them to. I don't want to thank God when, when that family you've poured into, poured into their lives for 10 years just up and say, oh, I think I'm going to go to another church. I don't, I don't want to thank God when it seems like, like, like the ministry isn't growing. I don't want to thank God when things are tough. But when you thank God, not, listen, I don't, necess I don't necessarily want to thank God. Oh, thank you, God, that I'm in misery. Oh, thank you, God, that I'm broke. Oh, thank you, God, that I'm suffering with this terminal disease. And it's not that. It's not that at all. Gratitude and thankfulness can change the disease. Gratitude and thankfulness can change the lack. Gratitude and thankfulness can change the circumstance and the situation. Gratitude and thankfulness can release the hands of God to work on somebody's heart who's persecuting you. Thankfulness and gratitude is a key that unlocks God to move into your life. And it's not just an attitude of heart. It's saying something. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It is actually what's the abundance of your heart is going to come out of your mouth. We begin to thank God for the little things. We thank God for what he has done in the past. And we thank God that he's going to get us through the circumstance in the situation that we're in right now. Everybody say circumstance. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. All circumstances. Thank you, Father, that you hear my prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you won't abandon me to the pit of hell like Jesus said on the cross. He's on the cross and he says, thank you, Lord, that you will not abandon me to death. Thank you, Lord, that you won't leave me in the grave. And he's suffering torment on the cross. Thank God in all circumstances because it literally changes your circumstance, your situation. It gives God entrance into that circumstance to change it and to move in your life to make him strong. Brene Brown, a motivational speaker, said this. She said, practicing gratitude invites joy into your life. I heard it. Who said that in your heart? If I did that, I'd be a hypocrite. No, you'd be smart. If I thank God when I don't feel like it, then I'm not being true to myself. Don't be true to yourself. Be true to God. Come on, invite him into your situation. Invite him into your circumstance. You know, when you're out there working on the farm and the combine busts down and then you got a flat tire on your wagon that's hauling the grain, you know what? That's the time not to curse. It's a time to thank God that he has given you the spare tire. Thank God that he's given you the parts and the wisdom to fix that combine. Thank God and it will release him to begin to change things in your life. Psalms 104, Psalms 100 verse 4 says, enter God's gates, enter, enter the gates of heaven, enter the gates of his throne room, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Come on, give thanks to him and praise his name. This isn't a suggestion. This is what we call protocol. I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you were to go in and let's say that you were going to get a a medal or an award for something that you did in the military or maybe something that you did in uh, uh, service to your city, civic service. And let's say you're going to see the governor or let's say you have an appointment with the president. Before you go into that meeting, guess what? They're going to they're going to tell you how you should behave. They're going to tell you uh, how you should conduct yourself. You just don't walk in there and say, hey, Prez, you know, slap him. Is that the way it works? Hey, dude, what's up? There's protocol. Don't speak. Let him speak to you first. Let him extend his hand. You shake his hand. Don't shake it, you know, up and down, up and down. Just give him two shakes, and they'll tell you exactly what you're expected to do. There's protocol to come into the presence of somebody that is greater than you in position. God is greater than all of us combined. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the King. He is the High Priest. And when we come into His presence, this is our protocol. We're to come into His presence with thanksgiving. But here's what, here's what an average 
person that sits in the pews or the chairs in the church do. They, they, they begin their prayer like this. Hey, God, I need this. You know how bad this is on me. You know, you, you don't understand. I've been going through this for a long time. I need you to. Please do this. Please do that. Give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. And we're to come into his presence. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you for giving me breath today. Thank you for giving me, give, I am so thankful. I am so thankful. Now I've made, I've seen error. I've seen my weakness. I had to say, thank you, God, that I'm walking without a cane. Thank you, God, that, that you got me through those two uh, surgeries on my back this year. And I, I'm walking stronger and taller than I ever have. I'm thanking him for the small things. You know what? I have been sleeping on my back for nearly a year. I mean, literally only on my back because it's the only way I could sleep. And then after surgery, I had to sleep on my back for the last six months. And so when you wake up, you can't, you know, usually you roll over and you feel good. No, I couldn't do that. I just had to adjust the way I, and it was so hard to sleep. And this week, you know, because now it's been, it's been, uh, four weeks since the last knee surgery. It's been six months since the first uh, back surgery and three months since the second. I could sleep on my side. I could sleep on my belly. Somebody says, how do you do that with that beach ball? I don't know. I could sleep on my other side. I, I, I was so thankful that I could sleep on my side and I wouldn't have severe pain in my back in the morning. I, I mean, be thankful for those things. It doesn't just change your outlook. It doesn't just change your attitude. When you express thankfulness, you're doing exactly what the word tells you to do. And it releases God to move supernaturally in your life or to come into his presence with thanksgiving. Psalms 22 verse 3 says this. Yet God, you are holy. You are enthroned. God... You are established and enthroned on the praises of your people, of Israel. One translation says that God inhabits, listen to me, God inhabits the praises of his people. God enters and makes his home around your praise, around your thanksgiving. You walk into a dark place and you don't feel God. Thank him and he'll come in. You walk into a place where there's no hope. Thank him and hope will come alive. As you give thanks to the Lord, he literally, I'm saying it over and over again until we get it. He literally comes in and around you and surrounds you and transforms the circumstances and the situations, not just in you, but around you. So things will go well for you. See, God works all things for his good in your life, and you give him entrance through thanksgiving. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I was so convicted, I almost felt like I should write this sermon up and have somebody else give it. Because I tend to go the other way of what we have need of. I tend to go the other way of what we had messed up. I tend to go the other way of what people might be saying. I tend to go the other way in where we're not going to see increase. I tend to go the other way and look at the need or look at the want. 
And I began to practice this, and I began to, something inside me began to change. I literally can feel God's presence around me as I, as I thank him, wake up in the morning and say, thank you for allowing me to draw breath this morning. We're to thank God in all circumstances, even when it sucks. Everybody say, you're in church, it's okay. Say, it sucks. Sometimes life sucks. Especially if you're in Iowa because, uh, no, I'm not going to say that, praise the Lord. No, I love Iowa. Sometimes life sucks. And God knows there's going to be times that it sucks. There's a scripture that says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials and tribulations of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops patience and patience develops perseverance and when you fully developed in perfect perseverance you're perfected not last lacking anything there's a whole lot in that if you will thank God when it sucks you'll be perfected it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect it means you're going to not lack anything because the, Paul said, this is it, guys. This is a secret of faith. This is a secret of great faith. This is a secret to, to, being, to being a Christian who people could count on. This is a secret to, 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 to being okay with God no matter what. He said, whether I'm abasing or abounding, whether I have or I have not, whether I have more than what I need or I don't have enough. He said, I have learned the secret, and that is to be content. In all situations. See, I don't know about you. No, I do know about you. I think you're just like me. It's easy for me to thank God when the check comes. It's easy for me to thank God when, the, when the, we're able to purchase that vehicle. It's easy to thank God when, 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 we, when we acquire a property. It's easy to thank God when all of the kids are home for a holiday. It takes discipline to thank God when it sucks. But if I don't want to live in a sucky situation, I need to release gratitude. I need to praise him. I need to be somebody who is expressing thankfulness. Not just to God, but to those around me. David knew the secret of this. King David knew the secret he knew the secret was to release thanksgiving in his life, to bring God's presence, God's ability, and God's strength, and God's presence into his circumstances and situations. I'll give you an example. David was with his men, and they went out to fight a battle. They came back, and raiders had come in, and they had taken his wife. They had taken his children. They had taken uh, all their tents, all their goods, even their dogs and Cats were gone. And David's men surrounded him and began to talk about, you took me out on this battle. We didn't even get a fight. Now we came back, and because of you, our children are gone. Because of you, our tents are gone. Because of you, our gold and silver that we've worked for is gone. And they talked about killing him. They talked about stoning him. And the Bible says that David went off by himself and he stirred himself up in the Lord. 
And the power and the presence of God came upon him and he rose up with a word from God and he, and he, he rallied his men around him and they went out and they retrieved everything that they had lost plus more when they plundered the enemy. What was it that David did? He did something like this. God, this situation sucks. They're talking about killing me. I've given everything that I could give. I've led the best that I could. And now we're in a situation where everything that we fought for, everything that's important is gone. But you know what? Father, I, re I remember when I was out in that field all by myself and, and, a, and a lion came and I didn't have any weapons and you made me, you made me bold when I cried out to you and you strengthened me and I ripped that lion apart with my bare hands. I remember the time when a bear came and he tried to kill the sheep and I had nothing but a staff and you strengthened me and you emboldened me and you empowered me and I was able to kill that bear with just my staff. I remember the time when all of Israel was scared and I was just a boy and you put something inside of me and this giant stood up and made threats against the king and I went out with just five stones and just one of them sunk it deep inside his forehead, cut off his head and as a boy led the armies to a great victory for Israel. I remember, thank you, thank you, thank you for strengthening me with the bear. Thank you for strengthening me with the lion. Thank you for empowering me with Goliath. Lord, I know that you got me through that and you'll get me through this. And the word of the Lord came and said, go after your family. And he took that word to his men and they had a great victory. And what was meant for bad turned around for their good because they plundered the things that the enemy had. What was the change? Thank you for the victories in my past. Hold on. Let me tell you what some of us would do. This is what I might do. Oh, God, here we go again. I remember the time it scared the crap out of me, and I peed my pants when the lion came. I remember not too long ago. Then, then, then he didn't protect me, and a bear came. I barely got out of this situation. And then I had to go up against a giant. No boy should have to go up against a giant. I'm scarred. I'm going to have to go to counseling. I think I need therapy because nobody should have to go up against a giant when they're a kid. And look at this situation. And what do you do? You speak death into the situation. You close the doorway for God to move into your life. But the truth is, God empowered and strengthened him, and he came through, and he came through again and again and again and again and again and again. Let me read Psalms 23 because it might make more sense to you now. Verse 4, David said, even when I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of death, I will not be afraid. Remember, the lion, the bear, Goliath armies. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You prepare, a, I can't see it, but you prepare a feast for me. Not when I get to heaven, but in the presence of my enemies. 
You prepare a feast for me. When everything's coming against me, you're preparing a feast for me. You're preparing good for me. When everyone is attacking me, you prepare good for me. Even when everything's going bad, I know it because your presence is with me. I can sense it that you're preparing something good for me. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. And then my cup overflows with good things with blessing. When you strengthened me to kill the lion, my father gave me more sheep. When you strengthened me to kill the bear and empowered me to do that, my father sent me off to, the, to bring cheese and bread to my brothers in an army. That was such a privilege. That was such an honor. And when I got there, there was a danger that the giants stood up and you strengthened and you, you empowered me. You prepared something good for me. I didn't know Goliath was going to be there, but you did. I didn't know where those stones were, but you did. God, you're preparing good things for me. And I got promoted every single time that I thought hell was coming against me. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Anthony Robbins said, when you're grateful, fear disappears and abundance appears. When you're thankful, when you're, when you're grateful, and you focus on the things that God has done, when you tell him how good he's been to you, guess what happens? The fear that would hold you and bind you, it just kind of, kind of evaporates. And in its place comes abundance of strength, abundance of patience, abundance of blessing, and abundance of prosperity. Remember he said you honor my head with oil. This is what happens when, when, I, when I'm looking towards you and I feel your presence. You, you honor me with uh, anointing my head with oil and then my cup overflows with blessing. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 says uh, in verse 6, this, this, gratitude brings us into God's presence. Continued thankfulness causes God to dwell in our midst changing the very atmosphere that surrounds us. I want to say that again. Gratitude brings us into God's presence. Thankfulness brings us into God's presence. Thankfulness brings God into our presence. And, and continued thankfulness causes God to, to make his home, to abide or to dwell around in our midst, changing the very atmosphere that surrounds us. Thank you, God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Always remember this. You have not because you ask not. When you have need, ask. Uh, please hear me. Don't just think it. Don't just say, well, God's going to take care of me. You have to release a prayer. When, when you, when you, if you have a need, if, if things aren't going the way that you think they should, if, if you're in lack, if, if you need, if you, there's a need of healing, ask. Father, I, you know, I have this need. I know uh, we, we're $2,500 short this month. Lord, would you bring in $2,800 so I can tithe and fulfill the need? You just learned something, didn't you? Don't ever ask for just a need. Ask for above. 
always. Lord, I, I have need of four thousand. I have need of four thousand dollars, Lord. We we've got to make this make this payment on the note by the twenty eighth, uh, and I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to sweat over it. I'm going to ask you for it. I'm, Lord, bring in forty five hundred dollars, so I can make my tithe, have something for an offering, a little left over, and take care of the need. He says right here. He says, uh, don't sweat about things. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you have need of. And then what? And thank him for all he's done. You know, I've been alive this 45 years. And you have provided everything that I've never, I've, I've, been, I've been late, but I've never been short. I've been sick, but I haven't died. Come on, I've been in some turmoil and some fights, but you always caused it to come out, and, and, and I, there's peace in my life. I've been, through some, I've been through some sucky days, but I've had a whole lot of good ones because I, I know you're with me, and I know you're preparing something for me in the presence of my enemies. You're always in the kitchen. Come on, there's always the smell of food. There's always that, 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 that sensation of a feast. I know it. I know it because I, I've experienced it in the past over and over again. You healed me over and over again. You provided for me over and over again. You got me out of the hole that I dug and fell into. Oh, God, you're so good. Thank you. Charles Dickens, the guy, that, the guy that wrote the Christmas Carol, you know, Scrooge, he, he wrote this way back then. He said, reflect upon your present blessings of which every man has many. You might not think you do, but sweetheart, you're breathing this morning. You might not think you have any blessings, but you have shoes on your feet. There are people that don't. You might not think you have blessings, but, but you woke up this morning. You may not think you have much, but looking around, it looks like everybody slept inside and didn't sleep out in a tent in that cold weather. You, you may not think it's going good for you. You have blessings in your life. Most of you drove here. You have legs to walk on. It, Charles Dickens said, reflect upon your present blessings. I'm going long, I'm sorry. Reflect upon your present blessings of which man has many, not on your past misfortunes of which all men have some. There's a whole lot of good going on in your life and there's been some bad. Let me say it again. There's a whole lot of good things that have gone on in your life and is going on in your life right now. But there have been some bad things. What are you going to focus on? Are, are you going to be a grumbler, a murmur, a fault finder, a I never have enough, glass half empty type of person? Are you going to become, are you going to become a person who is blessed and become thankful for the things that you do? Listen, when I was preparing this message, I was convicted. 
I mean deeply to the point that I thought about calling somebody to come in and preach this message because I thought if I get up there and I say these kind of things, oh, it's going to be hypocritical. But it's not because I know the truth. And I've begun practicing. When do, you, when, do you, when do you make the change? As soon as you realize you're short. As soon as you realize that you're wrong. As soon as you realize that you're not living up to what you see. Make the change. That's what repentance is. And in verse 7 it says, when you do this, when you tell God of what you have need of. And when you thank him. Everybody say thank him. Then you will experience when? When you thank him. When you thank him. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, if you, Jesus said, if you pray when you believe uh, that you have what you said, then, then, then you'll have it. When I believe that I have what I prayed, guess what that, right, that causes to rise up in my heart? Thankfulness. And if I can't thank him for what I am in the situation I'm in, I'm going to thank him for the good that he's done in the past. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. And his, heart, and his peace will begin to guard your heart and your mind. Gratitude brings us into God's presence. Continued thankfulness causes God to dwell in our midst, changing the very atmosphere that surrounds us, which causes us to experience his peace his provision and his blessing an old man told a young man one day he was getting married and and the young man said what can I do to make my household a happy household what can I do to make my house a godly house he says son every night before you go to bed take the slippers off your feet and put them underneath your bed and the young man said, why would I put my slippers underneath the bed? Why, why wouldn't I put them at the edge so I could just put them on real easy? He says, son, because when you get up in the morning, you're going to have to get down on your knees to get those slippers. And while you're down there, begin to thank God for the breath that you're drawing and the day that he's given you. Put your slippers underneath your bed. Begin to thank God for all of the good things that he has done. And it'll begin to transform your life and your future. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, All praise to God. All praise, all thankfulness goes to Him. And our Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is by His great mercy that we've been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, Now if you openly declare that Jesus is your Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. I'm so thankful that he recreated my spirit. I'm so thankful that he forgave me of my sin. And I am so thankful that his spirit lives in me and I will never be alone again. I'm thankful that, that he has a hope and a future for me. I'm thankful for all of the things that he's done. But I walked into that doorway of thankfulness when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. With every eye closed, please close your eyes and bow your head. If you're here this morning and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior so you could begin to see the good things that he's already gotten you through and experience the good things that are coming, just slip your hand up right now so I can see you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
praise the Lord. Everybody put your hand in your heart and say this. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I thank you for the good things. I thank you for the good things. I thank you for all things. I thank you for all things. And I thank you for the things that you've done. I thank you for the things you've done. Jesus be the Lord of my life. Jesus be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Strengthen me today. Strengthen me today. Help me to be thankful this week. Help me to be thankful this week. And each and every morning. Each and every morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.